0: John chapter 21, verse number one. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas, called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go fishing. They said unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, children, have ye any meat? They answered him, no. He said unto them, cast the net, on the right side of the ship, and you shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Father, would you help us to preach tonight? Lord, would you get our minds upon the Lord Jesus? Help us, Father, I pray to present the gospel. And for this we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. Amen. Well, it's good to see y'all here tonight. When I get to thinking about Simon Peter, he denied the Lord three times. One time he took a sword and he chopped off the high priest's servant's ear. And the Lord Jesus Christ put the ear back on that man. And the Lord forgave him for Peter's actions. The Lord forgave him for the way he denied the Lord. But Simon Peter thought, you know what? I'm not cut out to be a preacher, I've got too many failures. I'm going back to fishing. When Jesus found Peter, he was a fisherman. He said, I'm going back to be a fisherman again. And he took six people with him. And they got out there and they fished and they fished and they fished all night. And he caught nothing. The Next morning, there was a stranger on the shore that said, children, have you any meat? And they said, no, we fished all night. We've caught nothing. He said, cast the net on the right side and you'll find, what, we fished all night. Well, they took the net and they threw it one more time. And when they did, the net was so filled with fishes, they didn't even have enough man's strength and ability to pull them all to shore. John said, see, it's the Lord. Simon Peter, the Bible said he was naked. And he put a coat on and he jumped into the sea and he started swimming towards Jesus. I started thinking about why did Jesus say to fish on the right side of the ship? Why not the left? Why did he say the right? Well, that's because he knew where the fish were. Well, that's true. That's because he was just checking to see if they'd be obedient. You fish on the right side, catching it on the right side, that's what they did. That's true. But it's more than that. You see, our left side represents your flesh, your old actions. Lie, cuss, do bad things. right side is your spiritual side. The side that the Lord anoints with his blood and with his oil. So I started thinking about why the Lord wants us to choose the right side. And I don't want to preach this thought. Choosing the right side. I began to think about every human has a chance for salvation. Because it's not God's will that any would perish. And Peter and his disciples... But Jesus' disciples has got a choice to make. Jesus said cast on the right side. Started thinking about two brothers. One is named Abel. You know what his brother's name is? Cain. And they were told to worship the Lord. They were supposed to come by the blood. And Abel took a lamb, shed its blood, and presented that blood to the Lord Jesus. He said, Lord, here's the blood. And the Lord said, Abel, I accept your sacrifice. Cain, on the other hand, said, I ain't coming by that old gory, nasty blood. I'm coming my own way, man. I work in gardens. I work with, I work, work with things of the ground. So he came in, he brought in pumpkins and tomatoes and radishes and green beans and, and beautiful flowers. And he laid them before God and God said, what is this? I said, come by the blood. I know, but this is good too. It's not what I said. You're supposed to fish on the right side. You're supposed to come by the blood. You don't come the way you want to. Cain said, you won't accept my offering? I will not accept your offering. Cain got up, angry at God. God said, I'll give you a second chance. I'm not coming that way. So you know what he did? He went and found his brother and he killed him. And rather than come by the blood of the lamb, he's trying to come by killing his brother. Shed his blood. You know what he did? He insulted God. And for that, making a bad decision, God now has turned Cain over and Cain died and went to hell. I think about a man by the name of Esau. He had a brother. You know what his brother's name was? Jacob. And Jacob was good at cooking. The Bible says that he took and he sawed pottage. Man, It was was better than Chick-fil-A, if you can imagine that. It smelled so good. Esau was a mighty hunter. Esau went out looking for deer. He was out hunting for things, and he came back. He didn't have anything. He came back knowing what a great hunter he was, empty-handed. And when he came in, he smelled that pottage. Oh, man, that smells so good. He said, hey, brother, give me some of that pottage. His brother said, sell me your birthright. You're the firstborn. You're the priest of the family. Give me your birthright and I'll give you a bowl of this pottage. Esau said, what good is a birthright to me? I don't care anything about the things of God. I don't care anything about the blood of Jesus Christ. I just want my belly filled. I want something better than Chick-fil-A. You can have the birthright. He sold his chance at salvation for a bowl of pottage. What he did was, he said, God, I had rather have a bowl of pottage than do it your way. Just imagine that, if you will, for a second. I'm thinking about a man by the name of Judas. I read to you about these disciples that said, I go a fishing. And even when they were rebellious, even when they were doing the wrong thing, when the Lord said, cast the net on the right side, finally they did. But what about Judas? Judas went to the garden of Gethsemane. He said, Jesus is about to die. He's going to die on a cross. And at least I can get something for it. I'll take 30 pieces of silver and I'll sell Jesus out. And what he's saying is, I'd rather have money. I'd rather have silver than have the Son of God. And he walked up to Jesus and he kissed him on the cheek and he completely walked away and they came and arrested the Lord Jesus and carried him off towards the cross. Now listen to this. When Jesus was arrested, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane where the Bible said he had been praying and he was under such a burden that his sweat became his great drops of blood. And this man Judas came and kissed Jesus. He kissed the blood and walked away lost. I'm telling you, he sold his chance to be saved. I'm thinking about another man by the name of Belshazzar. He's a king. Man, he is, listen how rich he is. His dining hall, y'all just eat over here in the fellowship hall tonight. His dining hall was over a mile long. He threw such a party. The walls at his house were 200 and 250 feet thick. He had people that bowed down to him and served him. He had great might and power. He threw a big party. And one night, he went to the house of God, and let's just say that this was something, sister said this was a vessel. He took the vessels of the house of God, and he poured alcohol in them, and he said, drink it up, boys. And they got drunk and had a big time. And that night, all of a sudden, up in the corner of the palace, a man's hand dropped down out of nowhere. And it wrote, Meany, Meany, Tickle, you far sin. Preacher, what does that mean? Belshazzar didn't know. He said, I have no idea what that means. I'm a Chaldean. I'm a Babylonian. That's not Spanish. That's not English. That's not German. I I don't know what that is. Somebody tell me what that is. They said, there's a man named Daniel. And Daniel can interpret dreams. And they walked Daniel in. He stood before the king. He said, tell me what that says, and I'll give you up to the second or third place in the kingdom. And Daniel said, that's my father's rotten. It says, your kingdom is numbered. You are weighed and you are found wanting. Your kingdom tonight is divided from you. And unbeknownst to him, he had the opportunity to say, oh Lord, will you forgive me of my sin? God, would you save me? But rather than do that, he sat there and let the enemy come in under the gates. And that night, he and his father, Kingdom was completely taken away. Hey, hey, y'all been thinking about Pharaoh this week. Pharaoh, what a great, mighty man he was. But he hated God's people, the Jews. And he gave them taskmasters to be over them. And he began to afflict them and beat them down. And God raised up who? Moses. And Moses came and said, God, the great I am that I am, said, Let my people go. And Pharaoh said, who is God that I should let his people go? And God began to pour out plagues. The water turned to blood. Plagues of of frogs and plagues of lice and plagues of darkness. Ten plagues. And finally the last one, Moses said, In Egypt, the firstborn in every home will die unless you take the blood of the Lamb. And put it on the doorposts and on the lintel. Look at me. In how many places? One, two, three. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Put it in three places. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. I've got a question. I've got a question. I need you to help me. How many of you, you're the oldest in your home? Put your hand way up high. You know what that means? You're going to die. Tonight, the deaf angel's coming by. Now listen, that's what was gonna happen at that time. But he said, everybody that puts the blood on the doorpost and the lintel, I'll pass over. Don't you know that he went and said, one of them boys said, Daddy, make sure and put the blood. Put the blood on the door of our house, Daddy. I'm scared. Dad, some of y'all got scared when I seen y'all look like, what, I'm gonna die. Put the blood on the doorpost, Daddy. Oh, Daddy, I'm so scared. He said, son, don't you have to worry. If you've got the blood, I'll pass over you. You've been spared. You've been saved. Everything's gonna be okay for everyone that's got the blood. Can you imagine after the daddy did it sometime later on in the evening? I'm, I'm the oldest too. I'd have said, hey, daddy, are you sure you did it right? Daddy, are you sure you, are you, daddy, will you go check again? He said, son, you don't have to worry. I put the blood there and honey, it's still there. The death angel's gonna pass over our house. But there are other people like Cain, and Belshazzar, and them top people had said, I don't believe that mess. That's the craziest thing I ever heard of. And I'm gonna tell you, somewhere about dark 30, this is what happened. Ah! What happened? What is it, Daddy? A mother just found her little boy dead. Oh, no! What happened? What was that, Daddy? There's a little girl that just died. And all over Egypt... And home after home after home, people were found dead that night that did not come by the blood of Jesus. I'm telling you, you insult God when he says you come by the blood of my son. You cast the net on the right side. You do what I say do and you say, oh no. I'm smarter than that. I know better than that. I'm gonna do something different than that. You insult God. Honey, I'm telling you, you better be careful because you're about to sell your chance for salvation. There was a young lady that came to the altar and the preacher came, he's in revival, came down and said, honey, what is it? She said, I need to be saved. He said, are you a sinner? She said, yes, I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. He said, let's call on Jesus. She said, I can't do it tonight. He said, what do you mean you can't do it tonight? You've come to the altar. She said, but you don't understand. My mama and daddy raised me to have good etiquette. I've been walking with a book on my head, learning how to walk proper like a lady. I've been learning how to use the fork and the knife and the the golden goblets. And they bought me a beautiful gown. I'm going to the governor's ball. I'll be dancing in the cotillion. and, And I'll be doing things tonight that wouldn't be pleasing to God necessarily. And if I get saved tonight, I won't be able to go. My whole life's for this moment. My parents would be so disappointed. But preacher, I'll come back tomorrow or other than the day after that. And, and, and he said, honey, it don't work like that. You get in when the Lord's dealing with you. When he says, cast the nail on the right side, he don't mean day after tomorrow. He means you do it right now. And so the little girl got up. She said, that's all I can tell you. I can't disappoint my parents. They left the service that night. The preacher was broken. They had revival the next night. The choir sang. The evangelist got up and spoke. People got saved, Set back down. The evangelists did. And people were testifying. You've been at services like that. And The police department came in. And they came down to the preacher and said, Sir, did you talk to a young lady up here at the altar about being saved last night? He said, I did. Her parents have sent me to ask you, did she call on Jesus? No, she said she'd come back the next night. He said, Sir, I hate to tell you, but she was killed tonight. She died in a horrible accident. After the governor's ball was over, she went with a boy, and the boy wrecked his Mustang around the end of a bridge, and it threw her off in the creek and she's dead. 18 years old. Beautiful girl. she won bail of the ball, and now she's in hell. Wow. While you're sitting here on a padded church pew wow. and you're playing Bible school games and you don't really want to really pay attention to the preacher, that young lady's in hell. And know what she'd say, listen to the preacher! When he says, call the Lord, he means now. In a service much like this, there was a little girl, she was 11 years old. They said about halfway back. She wiggled and squirmed and didn't want to hear the preacher. She was trying to be a distraction. She tried to stop her ears. When the service was over, the preacher was going to the back and she was coming out the end of the aisleway, or end of the pew there. And he said, honey, are you okay? Do you need to be saved? She looked at her mama. She said, yes, but not tonight. Her mama said, "Please go to the altar now, honey. You get in while the Lord's deal with you." I told you not tonight. And she ran to the car and sat in the back seat. When the mom and daddy got to the car, said, "Honey, don't you want to go back in? We'll take you back in. We'll talk to the preacher. You can get saved tonight." I told you I don't want to be saved tonight. I'll do it later. They drove home. They gave a left turn signal, and as they started turn their driveway, coming across the top of a hill, going way too fast, was a driver that was drunk and he hit their car in the T-bone area like this and it rolled the car over and it threw the daddy out and it threw the mama out and it pinned the little girl. She wasn't cut. It pinned her legs between the front seat and the back seat and the car's on its side and there she hangs. Mama, get me out. Mama, daddy. daddy, We're trapped, daddy. Please get the window open. Get the door open. I'm trapped, I'm trapped. While the car's on its side, the gasoline starts coming out of the gas tank And he starts running across the highway where the other guy that hit them said, man, what hit me? Lit a cigarette, threw down the match, and it hit the gasoline and went, boom! Vapor trail back to the car, and it set the car on fire. Now the daddy is working feverishly to get his daughter out. The mama's screaming, honey, honey. Let me tell you, the car got so hot, they couldn't get her out, they broke the daddy's shoulder. Trying to hold him back. And the little girl screaming, Mama, I'm on fire. Mama. She said, Honey, I can't get you out. Honey, right now, right now, right now. Don't sell your chance. Call on Jesus. Call on Jesus right now, honey. She said, Mama, I can't. It's too late. I said, No. Will you hear me tonight when I tell you? Don't sell your chance to get saved. Don't wait till a more convenient season. Don't worry about what your friends think. The only person that matters is what Jesus has to say. Did you know in this very church we had a young man who sat back towards the back. He came to hear me preach. When he was coming out of the service, we had a bunch saved that night. His nickname was Elvis. I said, Elvis, what gives, man? Are you saved? He said, no. I said, do you need to be saved? Yeah. Well, why didn't you get saved tonight? Well, I need to get cleaned up first, man. I got to start living right. I got some things to settle out. Well, he left. I begged him right back there at those back doors. I begged him, don't leave. They called me the next Friday on the phone at 11 o'clock. Some of his buddies, this is what he said. Have you seen the news, Preacher Darren? No. Cut it on. Channel 13, click, cut it on. We regret to inform you that a young man's been killed today. Shot to death. I was the last preacher to ever preach to him. And probably, I believe, he's in hell right now. And he sat right back there. And this was the last church he ever sat in. And now he's went off and went to hell. In a church service much like this, in an invitation, and people are getting a little squirrely and uncomfortable, thinking, man, I need to be saved, but I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. A girl jumped up. And she ran out the aisleway, across the back. They had glass doors. Our doors are wooden and metal. They had glass doors. Listen, y'all. She ran to get out at the back and she could not get that door to open. To her it was like it was locked, but it wasn't locked. And she's trying to pry her fingers in the crevice of the door and finally she gets her fingers in and gets the door open just enough that she squeezes her body through and she goes out the front and she falls and collapses in the yard. And she started screaming, God left me! God's left me. Well, the people inside the service heard her screaming, and they thought there's been an accident. Someone's murdered her. What's going on? And they jumped up and ran outside, and she's laying just like this out in the yard, saying, "Oh, God's left me. God's left me. God's left me." Listen, they had to put her in a special hospital. She was there for eleven months before they finally released her. I'm talking about a beautiful girl. 11 months later, she's released it from that hospital. The preacher goes to see her and says, Honey, I want to talk to you. Don't sell your chance to be saved. I want to talk to you. Choose the Lord Jesus Christ. Choose the right side. She said, It's too late. He said, I looked. Every one of her fingernails were chewed off into the quick, and her fingers were bleeding Her hair was now a greasy, old, entangled mess where she would just pull her hair out. What used to be a beautiful girl is now the shell of what was once a fabulous young person. And this is what she said. Will you hear me? She said, preacher, God left me and you need to go across America and you need to tell other young people like me that if you don't do what he says, when he says... God will leave you and it'll be too late. I'm telling you that, you need to choose the right side. When God says choose the right side, you need to choose the right side. I could go through the Bible and tell you about Felix who said if I had a convenient season. I could tell you about Agrippa who said I'm almost persuaded. But I'm gonna ask you a question. What if today God gives you up? Because tonight when the invitation's given and you've never been saved, and you have an opportunity to be saved and you think, well, sit with my buddies is more important. Um, pride and, and having pleasure and, and having a good time is more important. Will y'all hear me? Look at me right here. I was preaching one morning and two girls while I was preaching, they kept kind of giggling, talking to each other. And I was preaching hard and they're, <laughs> they're laughing at me. And we had, that goose goose their friend, you know, hit them in the side with their elbow. And I gave an invitation. And this is what I said. I said, you two girls, y'all listen to me preach today. And I'm telling you, I've warned you. And now your blood is on your own hands. And one of them went, she goosed her friend. And her friend put her head down like this. She stepped out. She started walking down the aisle. Well, the bathrooms in that church were down through this door and out that way and as she's walking down I see blood gushing through her fingers running down her elbow and dripping in the floor drip, drip, drip and she just she, she come by, she just looked at me I just said her blood would be on her hands she laughed and God pinched her nose and now her nose is bleeding and rather than go to the bathroom, she made a hard turn to the right. She chose the right. She went to the right, and she went to the altar with blood all over her hands, and she said, Preacher, I laughed at you, and I laughed at God, and look what happened, Preacher. Is it too late for me, Preacher? Preacher, please pray. I want to be saved. I don't want to go to hell. This is not a game. It's very real, Preacher Darren. She got saved. Amen. Her nose dried up. Now that blood is begun to dry in her hands, and her, her nose is not bleeding anymore. And she stands at the congregation and she says, The Lord has just saved me. People started clapping all over the house. And she looked at her friend and she said, Anna, you laugh too. And you know you need to be saved, Anna. You know you need to call on Jesus, Anna. Now look, it's been real easy for Anna to slide out the door and go to the house. And God would have never dealt with her again. But that's not what she did. When that invitation was given, Anna stepped out and she took, listen, she ran. She ran down that highway and she chose the right side as well. And she called on the Lord and the Lord saved her in that spot. Youngs, know I'm going to tell you, I don't know who you are. But tonight, the Lord wants you to choose the right side. He wants you to choose salvation. Now day of salvation and I'm not playing a game with you this is called the power of the Lord convicting you, drawing you your heart's beating out of your chest you're worried, you're concerned preacher, I don't want to die and go to hell don't you want to go to heaven? don't you want to be saved? you may say, well preacher, I've never really done anything really, you've not lied? well, yeah you've not stuck your tongue out behind your mama's back and got mad at your brother and yelled at your sister and yeah those are all things that you could die and go to the bad place for but the lord jesus christ could save your soul if you would but let him i'm gonna ask you now would you just right where you are seth i want you to come play just some hymn of invitation whatever on your heart your heads bowed everybody's heads bowed nobody's not one person is looking not one is there anybody not say preacher darren Pray for me. I want to go to heaven. I, I I don't want to go to hell. Preacher Darren, I want to be saved. Preacher Darren, it is my intent to go to heaven. Say, anybody here say, Preacher, I want to be saved. Anybody? Anybody not? I'll not embarrass you. Put your hand up. Put it right back down. Thank you. Put it right back down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Put it right back down. Anybody else? Preacher Darren, I want to be saved. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Well, I'm asking ask you, would you be Simon Peter? The Lord said, would you cast the net on the right side? And immediately he did. Some ask you a question for you that the Lord spoke to tonight about being saved. Would you be have enough courage with nobody's looking? Would you just walk down here to me where I am and let me and you pray together and ask Jesus to save you? Come on right now. Come on, thank you. Thank you.